Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. back on the things we say i'm sheldon and i'm nate this is a good time for us to get back in the saddle some things have slowed down yes so we finally get a chance to sit down yes. and do this again i am currently on my very first sabbatical from work which has never happened before i think that the most sundays i've ever missed in my entire nearly 40 years of life is two and if that yeah and now i'm going to be gone for six so I don't know. Today was my first means day. you haven't taken a vacation longer than two weeks. Right. In a long time. Right. Which, yeah, it is what it is. That's crazy. <laughs> it is what it is. Right. But yeah, it's uh, today was day one, and it doesn't feel like a Sunday, which <laughs> makes it feel weird to be sitting here with you right now. But it's good. It's all good. I'm ready to roll. Yeah. Um, did you know that Singapore is one-fifth the size of Rhode Island? No, I didn't. That's I didn't realize it tiny. until I was there. And the more I looked, the longer I, th- I thought, wow, this place is really small. <laughs> yeah, I've, Sheldon, I've been where, to Rhode Island. Where have you been, Sheldon? I've been recently to the Philippines, Singapore, Malaysia. And I don't count airports that I've been in. But yeah. When they're in other countries. Japan. Though, you were in Japan again this <laughs> well, time? Yeah, because Japan airport? is a stop-off place okay, where we switch okay. planes going to the Philippines and back from Kuala Lumpur. So, mm. so what was your Malaysia. impression of these places in a quick <laughs> We recap. won't do a whole no. episode on it, but the Philippines was awesome. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Um, everybody's bilingual, so as an English-speaking person, it was easy to navigate the right. culture and everything. Um, because of the American bases, they're right, they're right. very friendly. To well, and Americans. weren't they? I don't remember if they were actually United States territory, kind of, until recently or something like they had some status. Yeah, they were closely tied to the U.S. But yeah, I think really the only territory we have is well, we have places in the Virgin Islands, but Puerto Rico, U.S. Virgin Islands, yeah. Puerto Rico, it's Guam. Yeah, Guam. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, for those of you who talk about Puerto Rican pride, it, it's it's not a country. Like, it's not. It's not a country. You can be proud it's that you're territory. from there, but it's a territory. It's the United States territory. And if you ever which, want to see... Which is not all that bad. I mean, no. you get you get a lot of the benefits and, yeah. Miss some of the privileges. Some, Yeah, but you don't... But you also get some other freedoms that of governance that, yeah, it's a give and take. What are you going to do? Yeah. And no, you're not becoming a state. No, it's, it's very unlikely. Um, That's not why we're here. It's not, <laughs> not why at we're all. here. But yeah, Sheldon's been traveling the world again. Yeah, for work. But Singapore Singapore was cool. I, I did a lot more exploring of Singapore than I did the other ones. But uh, the Philippines, we were in Manila, but we got outside of Metro Manila a couple times. Yeah. And you can tell it's still a developing country as, yeah. as soon as you're outside of town a little bit. Most, most modern cities have similar feels in, in the downtown areas. Like yeah, yeah. They're, they all have their unique things, but I, I was like, okay, we were staying next to a mall, and their malls were still huge, and I'm like, oh, this is still a thing. This is what it was like. <laughs> it's, what it, it's what it was yeah, like. You, you, I'm sorry for you teenagers today that don't know what it's like to go to a mall. Because there was don't. hundreds of stores in this mall, yeah. and it was four levels, Yeah, and it just kept going, and I'm like, there's a store just for Vans and just for Adidas, <laughs> and just like, I don't know. It was weird. There, the only thing that I know about, if we're going back to going going to Singapore, the only thing I know about Singapore is you remember when that kid from the United States got caned in Singapore? That's all anybody talks in the about. Mid-90s. As soon as I said I was going yeah. to Singapore, that's, that's they're the, like, "Don't you come there?" That's that's all I know. <laughs> that's not what happened. The kid literally vandal went on a three day vandal streak, and that's right. what happened. But right. yeah, I remember watching the interview and trying to paint him as a sympathetic figure. I'm like, no, he's a little punk kid who was some frat boy who went over there and thought he could do whatever he want and that it would get out of whatever. No, you got caned on your butts. Singapore is boomtown right now. Yeah? Mm-hmm. 
because of what's happening in like Hong Kong. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. With China yeah. taking over Hong Kong, they were like the banking central for right everything in the in the Near East. There, not Near East. What do you call that? Far East. Far East. Yes. Yeah. I don't know where we're drawing our points of origin yeah. from. But either way, I don't know what the Near East is. I know what the Middle East is. I know oh, what the Far East no, is. No, the What's... Near East. I think your crosshairs are on Jerusalem or something. But that would be the like, mid- that would be the Middle East. That's the Middle East. So what's the Near East? The Near East is like the Middle East is more Saudi Arabia. The Near East is Israel, Palestine. You think so? That area. The Far East is China and where we're talking about. Yeah, I would agree with that. I just don't know where the Near East is. I don't know that that's the we're thing. We're just showing our uneducatedness yeah. here. I feel like it's West, 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 Middle East. Like that's, what, <laughs> that's what happens. Precisely. You're correct. <laughs> and then there's Russia, who doesn't know if they're Asia or they're Europe. They're East and West. They're so... They're so conf- I, <laughs> I just recently shared a video <laughs> with Sheldon and Mike Myers of, you know, those big... I don't even know what they're called, but those really big... Uh, farming machines that have a ton of space underneath them because it's made to be, yeah, it's can, made to be able to go yeah. under over the crops there's somebody driving finally driving underneath it through it and to the other side and of course these people are speaking russian i'm like of course they would be russian that just well, seemed appropriate in, in russia they require you to have dash cams so a right. lot of your dash cam rec videos are you from see russia a lot of things because uh, they require you to have dash cams so yeah. all the crazy stuff that goes down people are always like who is recording <laughs> they're, they're always recording. Uh, but yeah, uh, with the Chinese takeover of Hong Kong, now a lot of the banking stuff is moving to Singapore. Okay. And so, for instance, and this is kind of how it was explained to me, so I assume it's true, but if an American biz- business wants to do business with a Chinese business and the Chinese business messes them over, it's like, well, where do you sue them? Do you sue them in China? No. Like, that's not going to work out well nope. for you. So basically, Singapore adheres really tightly to international law. Okay. And so if, if that Chinese business does business in Singapore, then the American business will do business with Gives them. Gives them recourse. And it's basically like, well, I'll sue you in Singapore then if you mess us over. And they would, they would uphold international law. So you're Sorry, walking... my throat just made a weird noise. Yeah, I, I, went to <laughs> I, I heard it, but uh, if, if you're walking downtown Singapore, there's the Bank of China skyscraper and the Bank of America skyscraper. And they're all like all these different banks downtown and hmm. small location, but a lot of population, like over 6 million people. Interesting. In a, in a really small footprint. But all the cars are amazing. Yeah. And... I was like, is everybody wealthy here? It costs like somewhere, it's like 95,000 Singaporean dollars or 90,000, which is about 70, 74,000 US mm. just for the permit to buy a car. Wow. So if you buy, if you get a permit that's that much to buy a car, are you going to go buy a $4,000 Honda is that to like put a, on that? Is that like a climate regulation or is it related to congestion the size of the place so yeah. it's a congestion it's issue. related to traffic congestion interesting but then they sell these permits on the open market so if you wanted to pass it down to your kid for like a dollar you can wow but if you want to sell it you can sell it for 90 grand that's intriguing yeah. i mean i'm not saying that's something i would want but that's no, interesting. It's a horrible system that's i interesting. never want that yeah in the US. no <laughs> good lord yeah and it was it was taking Ubers almost everywhere. Well, over there it's Grab, but Uber. But it's the same company. It seems to be similar run. Yeah. I wonder what's culturally not appropriate about Uber that they have to use the, <laughs> I don't the know. term Grab. Grab doesn't sound any better. I'm just surprised um, we use a German phrase and that everyone's okay with that. Yeah. But whatever with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then Malaysia, I didn't totally get it figured out, but there's a lot more. What I what I, in Singapore there's there was a really big church that I wanted to go check out the Heart of God Church. Oh yeah yeah. They're they're like a youth group founded church yeah. and their average age is about twenty two. Yeah. And I really wanted to go see them, but they six weeks out of the year they give all their staff off. Wow. And they do Heart of God Church scattered, and they just meet in their home groups all over the city, and they do church all over the place, and they're encouraged to like pull other people in. To, to your church, wherever you're meeting, and it, it is really cool. But That's in, awesome. In order to go to their building, like it took them forever to, to find a building, and it was 
really an act of God that they found the building that they could yeah. right by a metro station because all the all the young people don't have money. Right, of course. And and so I wanted to go to service and you have to fill out this whole like card to save a seat. And I'm, I'm like, wow, this place is packed out. <laughs> and legitimately they pack out yeah. their services like that. Wow. So that there's some pretty cool churches. They're in Singapore, but there's also a whole bunch of other religions there, too. Yeah. Obviously, it's kind of a mesh of different cultures, but predominantly Chinese influence there. Yeah. Um, it, there's a large Chinese section of the population, which, yeah. Then Malaysia, they're, they're just to the north and huge population there, but it's mostly Muslim. Like it's Muslims are kind of in the governance uh, in the governance yeah, of everything. Yeah, okay, so they'll okay. have sultans. Yeah. And their sultans reign for like four years, something yeah. like that. And then the next the other sultan will come in. But they're like regional sultans and the and the reigning one reigns for, you know, like over about the country years. as yeah. opposed to the region. And then it rotates. And then goes back to their regional. Yeah. That's interesting. And <clears throat> yeah. And they they were saying there's one guy that lived long enough that he got to rule twice. Wow. But that's that that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's intriguing. But I think it's mostly it I was asking if it's a Muslim country and they're like, no. But you could hear the call to prayer all yeah, the time yeah, yeah. and it was it seemed a lot it's more it's than... really interesting to me when you really get into the historical the the radical growth of Islam because that's really what it was right and and it was a military operation the growth Whereas of Islam they were saying Indonesia has much more Muslim population but they aren't Muslim governed yeah they're basically. not in, in power yeah yeah everybody forgets that Spain was pretty much an entirely Muslim country for a good long while uh, during the era of the the Crusades and all of that like it it was it was similar to what like Istanbul is and, now. But there was plenty of things I didn't get figured out in the short amount of time of I course. was there. But walking through the stores in the Philippines, all you, every store you walk into, there's a security guard at the door. Mm. And I'm like, why do you guys have so many security yeah. guards? And they're like, nobody had a great explanation for it other than there was some terrorist activity in some of the southern regions that yeah. sometimes comes up that way. Um, and that has to do with some conflict around Muslims, and, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, something like that. Interesting, but that's what they were trying to. That's fascinating. They they kind of talked around it. I couldn't get a great explanation huh. for it, but everybody was super nice. So yeah. I was like, I felt safe the whole time <laughs> for sure. You guys seem okay. Yeah, I would definitely go back to the Philippines. Yeah, it was super cool. Very cool. But uh, Singapore is is a place that if you get there. It's worth seeing for sure. Okay. They're downtown. Like some of those skyscrapers, it's called the Garden City or something. And all their skyscrapers have a lot of like stuff growing and gardens and things in it. It's it's pretty wild yeah. to, to just walk around and see everything. That's awesome. There's a UFC fight there this past <laughs> weekend. So that was on at eight in the morning Saturday. Okay. <laughs> Jess was like, turn that off. I don't want to watch people beat each other bloody over coffee in the morning. <laughs> I was like, oh, it already happened. It's fine. <laughs> I'm like, I was just looking for an outside shot of the thing because I wanted to see if I was close to it. And she's like, yes, but you have to watch a guy get punched in the face for half an hour. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so there you go. Well, there it is. That's not why we're here. But that's where Sheldon has been. Sheldon mm. has been all over creation. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm back in the states. Now for, you're back for yes. good for a while. So yes, which is good, which is always all's good. well. Yes. Um. So we were going to talk about it. There recently, there was a guy um, who goes by the name Oliver Oliver Anthony, even though he wasn't. That's not his real name. No, uh, that's his grandfather. Something. It's his grandfather's yeah. name. But he put out a song called Richmond North of Richmond, and it went all over social media. All over. And we both listened to it, and I I. Th- think I saw it on Twitter before it was all that popular. It's yeah. about the time Rogan retweeted it. Right. Which kind of sent it sent it into the stratosphere. Re-X'd it? What do you call it now? Uh, who knows? Reposted it. Reposted That's what it's yeah, called. Yeah. yeah. I, I finally heard somebody refer to it as X instead of Twitter yep. today. And I was like, all right. I okay. love it. <laughs> I'm 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 celebrating the death of Twitter. <laughs> I'm happy about it. And I like how Elon Musk just keeps people off center. 
<laughs> it's not whether it's a good or bad thing. I just like the moving target. I, I agree. It's so good. I cannot disagree. You with never that. know what as people target him, you never know yeah. what, what he's gonna move or change. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I'm all he's about very it. malleable, which yes. is which is great. Yeah. But I I did see that song early on and my reaction was like wow i this is this is real yeah whatever it is this song is real yeah and it automatically put me in like the mind of you know like your woody guthrie's or your your bob dylan's back in the day of of doing like legit protest songs that are 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 not that become culturally important, but were not culturally important at the time in terms of where everybody else was at. When you think of how early he was writing things like times they are changing Bob Dylan specifically, it was not at the height of civil rights and all the things like he was kind of a lone voice in some of that stuff. Um, and so it had very much that feel hearing him just sit there with his guitar and just sing the song. And uh, man, it was so good. And even from a vocal standpoint, like it was great. Everything about it was great. And uh, the thing that's impressed me the most about it is not even the content of the song. I mean, it's it's funny because it got compared so much to that Jason Aldean song by so so many people. Right. And that Jason Aldean song, I'm sorry, it's a terrible song. It's not a like, good song. I don't care what your politics are with it or what you think or what you think it isn't saying or is saying. It's just not a good song. Like it's not it's not good. It's not good. And it's Jason, controversial, but it's not. No, it's not good. This is great. And it shouldn't be controversial at all. And I'm not right. actually sure it is. I think that's what makes it controversial. Because there's like a handful of people that have a problem with it. And that was the thing that intrigued me. Is I started watching review videos. And it did not matter what color somebody's skin was. What region of the country they were from. What level of social or uh, uh, economic affluence they had. Right. And even outside of our country, people are watching this going... Totally resonate with everything that's being said here. No problem with that at all. And it just has put me into a mind about all of these things that we are so bent out of shape about and that we fight with each other over, when in all reality, we're not the people we need to be fighting. No. At all. But anyway, let's we'll get to that as we go into the song. So I'm, I'm curious. First of all, dude's from Farmville, Virginia which I go to regularly because my wife's family lives in Farmville. So I haven't actually talked to any of them to see if any of them know that know him. I mean, it's, it's, it's a historically significant town, but it's not a huge town. Right. Uh, that is where the very latter bit of the Civil War kind of came to its final head, where uh, General Lee basically got stuck in Farmville and then ended up surrendering it, surrendering it at Appomattox. And that was kind of the, the culmination of, of the Civil War. So it has some history, but it's not a big place. It's very rural, um, uh, but very diverse at the same time. There's a lot of migrant workers that live there that marry into the Mennonite and Amish culture that's there. It's really an interesting place. It's yeah. very strange, uh, but really cool little town. Um, so I thought that was cool. You know, he's, he's from a place that I'm, I'm regularly at, and it makes me kind of curious about him there. Um, but I'm, I'm just amazed at how many people are trying to demonize him unsuccessfully right. in the media. But then on top of that, again, just seeing what he's saying resonate with everybody. Because, again, there's nobody that yeah. I saw. At most, I have people going like, why, did, why, is this con why is there controversy with this? What's the deal? Why is there an issue with this? And not understanding it. But, yeah, please, for the love of all that's holy, don't compare it to that stupid Jason Aldean song. Because it's, it's not. And it, that is not. That does a disservice to the song. I mean, song the only thing that, that I comparison. saw people say that was uncreative in his thing is that he said, I wish they'd worry more about miners than miners on an island somewhere. Oh, I thought that was great. And I thought it was great, too. But they were like, in your turn of phrase, you want to use the surprising word first and not second, because all of us went to the we knew where you were going with it the minute you said it. But the thing I love about it is, is it does have this little bit of double meaning, because yeah. by saying... Look out! Wish the wish the wish politicians would look out for miners, not just miners on an island somewhere. It's not only knocking the ones who would have been a part of like Epstein Island, but the ones who are obsessed with it. Right. Like he's taking a swing at both sides. Yep. And you can whatever like you can you can lay your opinion of that situation over that and have agreement with it, which was brilliant. That was brilliant. I don't care. That was one of my favorite lines in the whole yeah. thing. And so yeah, if anybody, 
I've I've had I've been a part of things where I've worked with other songwriters or I've uh, been in competitions or seen people in competition where someone who is not a songwriter is trying to correct a person who wrote their song right. and did it. Like there are no rules. Like go away with your rules. Like <laughs> go 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 write with Taylor Swift. That with was your a rules. comedian that was talking about it, yeah. and he's just like, "Yeah, I don't know." the The phrasing seemed rather clunky, and I'm like, "But it was raw, yeah, and it was real, it was, and that's what it's intended to do." Everything about that song was perfect. There's right. nothing that should have been changed about how it was done, how it was written, how it was sung. It was it was all it was all perfect. Yeah, uh, and again, it is not Appalachian music for those of you who thought it was. It's it's folk music for sure. But he's not from that region. He cannot no. claim that and would not claim that. Uh, right. I, I have a feeling. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So initial impression of that song, when I finally did hear it, I, I would agree. I liked it. I liked everything about it. There was very little that bothered me about it, if anything. What was interesting, he had a reaction to it being brought up in the Republican debate. Yes. And he's like, these are the guys that the song is about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. We all get it. And then he gets it. Right. The media, well, and, and, and then and everybody tried to jump. Oh, see, he's a Biden supporter. He knows. And he's like, no, Biden's family is who this song is about, too. Like, people are just so stupid with this binary of, of Republicans Republican are good, and Democrats, Democrats oh, bad, or Democrats good, Republicans bad. It's unbelievable. Bad. It's unbelievable. And it really exposed that. But again, I don't think it exposed it in normal people. Right. I think it exposed it in the media and the political class. Well, watching the reaction videos, there was somebody that was like, yes, both things can be true. There, there are people out there milking welfare, and yeah. that's an injustice. Right. We, that should not be happening. Right. That is intended to go to people that need it. Right. You shouldn't be sitting there milking it. Right. I don't care what your situation is. And also, there are people in the street with nothing to eat. Yeah. Like, that's an injustice as well. Right. Like, it's, it is a both sides thing. Right. And, and, and it's so rare that something treads that line where we can all get clarity and see it and go, yeah, yeah, right. you're right. That we, right. We all agree. And, and it does to me, it just exposes the fact, I don't think there's a whole lot that the normal political right and left actually disagree on. But, I think there are very minor points right. of separation, and it's the politicians and the media that want to keep us fighting over all these things that they're not going to do anything about anyway. No. They don't care about these things. The, just last week, we were talking to somebody that does compassionate ministry in Indianapolis. Yeah. And um, we were asking him a bunch of different questions, but some of those same things came up. And like genuinely meeting somebody's real need, there are ways to go about it Yeah, without just giving handouts the way the government does and perpetuating the same thing that you had well, in the first place. If you're going to end the cycle of poverty... You really have to do things differently, and it's a little bit um, countercultural. But there are ways to do that that doesn't involve the government doing it, and it, and it retains people's value. Right. I think that's one of the things that and people often forget is that worth is that yeah. compassion can turn into pity real fast, and pity is not a positive thing. No. Like it is not. It is automatically elitist to have pity on somebody. Because it means you're feeling sorry for them. It's not, it's not compassion anymore. And what you will do in order to assuage your own feelings of pity and guilt is not going to actually help that person. Right. Um, and that's one of the things I love about that ministry that you're talking about specifically is uh, they, they make anybody who's coming through their programs, who's doing, they have to invest something, whether that's volunteering, whether that's actually paying Every, a small fee, everything. How, did, they how do you do. say everything has a cost? Yes, he's like everything has a cost, but there is a way to pay for everyone. Right. It doesn't matter if you don't have money. There's a way. There's a way that we can work this out. Like you can, right. and it adds value to a. You person. can do volunteer hours. Basically, it's not volunteer. You're being paid for what you do. Right. And your payment is it's going this. towards yeah. that. Yeah. And and there's a lot of things that are also being given as well above and beyond yeah above to make that. it happen but there yeah. is an initial investment and and a yeah yeah it's so yeah I, I i think that i think that that's one of the things that again we don't like to focus on because that's that's a long-term 
stick around and help with it problem. That's not a yeah. throw money at it problem. This is, we hear your story. We want to be with you on this journey and we want to help break this cycle that's held you down and maybe people before you as well. Right, right. And we're happy to partner with you in this process. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things. It's not, oh, I want to do this to make me feel better. Right. And I think and too I mu- pity far, you far and too I, much of it is that. I feel this pang and I want this pang in my heart to go away. So right. I'm going to give you 20 bucks, which helps nothing. No. Yeah. The other thing that while I was listening to it and just thinking, listening to that song, my initial reaction was that something here is very real. Yeah. And I do feel like there's this song is and a few other things recently have pushed back against the virtual world. And everybody thinks we're just going to slip quietly into this virtual AI night. Mm. And I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I and if you looked back a couple of years ago and the Bitcoin wave and all of that, <laughs> and I was caught up in it and I didn't put any money behind it, you know, but I was very interested in the whole thing. Yeah. And I've described other places on here, me and Jess's little thing that we had with Bitcoin. <laughs> but uh, this all in, I've never had a dime in Bitcoin. <laughs> but thank goodness, too, because in the, one of the ways that one of my best friends said to me was yeah but it's not real right and i was like yeah it is i mean it's a real thing it's a it's a it's a form of currency and he's like yes but there's nothing behind it i'm like there's nothing behind your dollar he's like yeah but bitcoin's still not real i i'm not investing in anything bitcoin is more nothing than the u.s dollar right which is saying something (laughs) barely My kids were running into ideas about inflation in school, and I was like, inflation is directly due to the government printing more money. You don't realize that one in every $4 has been printed in the last two years. And they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, one out of every $4 in circulation has been printed in the last two years. And you can thank Richard freaking Nixon for that, getting us off the gold standard. And Donald J. Trump and Joe Biden. (laughs) Yes. Both of them. Yeah, but I'm saying Nixon started it. Right. Nixon started it. And I was telling the kids, I'm what like, could go wrong with not having a hard asset to back your currency? When it comes, when it comes to monetary policy, the the Democrats want to take the country off a cliff at 100 miles an hour. The Republicans would rather do it at a respectable 65. <laughs> so, it's unfortunately true. Yes, it is very true. But Jeez. all I have to say, I don't think. I don't think we're going to slip quietly into the AI-controlled mm-hmm. virtual VR world. I, I think there's a, a outcry for things that are real as yeah. things become more and more virtual and we can't really wrap our hands around, you know, yeah. is my music that I'm listening to, is it auto-produced? Is the art that I'm looking at auto-produced? Right. Is the voice well, because, I'm listening to AI? Right. People, But people forget... And this is one of the things that's interesting. Actually, we were I was ranting about Taylor Swift a little bit earlier, and this <laughs> this can kind of go to that. The lack of authenticity that's currently running through art and music yes. and really movies even a lot right now is just killing what it's all about, which is the imperfection of the human spirit. The fact that we can auto-tune everything and we can we can quantize everything and make it all click to a track and just all lock in there without any real effort or time or the gelling that comes between musicians to actually play together for an ex- like we're basically faking everything. You know, and I'm sorry for all of you who are going out and seeing uh Taylor Swift on what is the Eras tour? Is that what it is right now? You ain't hearing that girl sing. They are pumping a pre-recorded voice through almost everything that's going on there. And what you're not hearing pre-recorded, you're hearing auto-tuned by very sophisticated sound systems. Got no criticism of that in terms right. of it being entertainment. But we have accepted something as real that is not. And I do think, by and large, there's going to be a rejection of that. I think it's already starting to happen. I think the next couple generations coming up, they're going to rebel against that because that's going to be the status quo. You know, um, but those of us that grew up with grunge and yeah. punk and things like that, 
that was their whole thing. Yeah. We might not be polished, but we're aggressive and we're real. Yeah. And you can't play this for your mom. Yeah. Other than that, like that's what we're about. Yeah. That was the whole thing. And and there's always there's always a pushback against that. There's always a pushback against this kind of thing. I mean, you see, you see jazz music, you know, becoming the the mainstream in the in the you know 30s and 40s. Right. And once it was accepted and it got all polished up and it was on your TVs and it was on this, that's when rock and roll suddenly reared its head and like, no, 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 no. Like we're going to, so we are due. Um, and, and it's bled into everything. I, you know, for a while hip hop was that thing. Yeah. Hip hop was that thing that came in swinging and was like talking about social and political things. And you know, it wasn't, I, I can't use that phrase on the mic. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just back off of that. Hang on. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was about real things and real tough circumstances. And then it just all became, you know, flashy, showy, over-sexualized garbage. And so it has transitioned now to where now it's become a corporate mainstream thing. Hip-hop is just another thing. Rock music, all these things. There is going to be something now that's going to come out, and it's going to shock everybody, and it's going to be scandalous, and you're going to get all these people pearl-clutching about it, and it will be the thing. But it's not going to be an overproduced, over-digitized, fake thing. It just won't be. Because this is what we keep rebelling against. This is yeah. what we keep doing. I would agree. I I think there's also a bunch of people that are looking back. My wife has been digging into a bunch of things where they're looking back at old ways of baking and cooking, yeah. and you know how how were things done before everything came in a package and yeah. things like that. And there there really is a whole lot of people going down that same train. And some of it was just people that started. Baking sourdough during COVID, but yeah, <laughs> but I think I think people just want and they want to experience something real. Yeah, and and I'm sorry, just the idea of going into a virtual world and and doing that, it it's just not like. I mean, what movie do we have that has some kind of dystopian reality where you're in a virtual world? What movie are people actually content in that? I mean, from the Matrix to, I mean, you name it, that kind of thing. It always, the brain rebels. Like, that is what we do. And, yeah, it's easy to be comfortable and do all those things. But eventually, the brain will rebel. We just, we can't do it. And I think that chalks up to our imperfection. And we've seen AI do a number of things that are, that is really impressive. And I think it will help automate certain things that right now are, really tedious and difficult. Yes. And it can automate some of those simple things. But as far as in the church and things like that, it really can't fake. You can you can even I've played around with it like write a message yeah. on the story of Joseph from a Nazarene perspective. Yeah. And it was interesting what it pulled in. Yeah. And how it tied things together and I was like this is really interesting, <laughs> and I would never preach anything in here. Yeah, I it's it's <laughs> really funny because the because last I did preach yeah. on Joseph, and and it was and we were just playing around with it. Yeah, don't worry, nothing from there made right. it into the actual no, message I actually, because I actually did the same it's thing. It's not real, it, it, right? It's not real, right? And 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 by not real, it's because it doesn't have I all think the complexity what we and out nuance with, that comes with a person. I think what was started down that train was. We were having a meeting and we noticed that there was a, a lot of P words being used. And there's <laughs> some pastors in our church that really enjoy really having all love them. the points have the same first letter. <laughs> and they thought that was great. Yeah. And so I took it a step further and said, tell me the story of Joseph, the biblical story of Joseph <laughs> with as many P words as possible. <laughs> and the AI was awesome. It was so good. And I I was reading, I I put it in an email and sent it to the the pastor that was preaching the one right before me. (laughs) I was like, here you go. It's got so many P words. (laughs) It's so good. And so then I was just messing around with it further and that's how I got there. But I started started out being a bit silly. Well, yeah. And I I used it, um, the last time I preached, I actually used it to uh, create an outline. So I had like all these notes Right. And I was trying to like get it all into a cohesive thing. And I'm like, I don't have to do this. <laughs> like, I've done all the work. I have all the things compiled. So I was like, I went to chat GPT and I was like, hey, take these notes. And I put my notes in and create an outline for a, I think I said a 35-minute sermon. Go. And it broke them all down into sections. It didn't give me 
it didn't give me a, a manuscript. Right. It it broke each section into things, and here's how many minutes you're going to spend on it, and here's how you're going to transition. And it was really helpful. Um, and then out of curiosity, I went, write me a 35-minute message based on these notes. <laughs> and it even had like some of the stories and the things that I put in there, but it had no life to it. Like right. It was just like... It's dead. Dead, yeah. It was unbelievably weird. And of course, I did not use any of that other than the fact that it used some of the things I'd already gone out and gathered and put in there. Um, But it's an intriguing little tool. But I think it's going to be much like the internet is. You know, it's it's not... It will be revolutionary, but not in the way that we think it will be. Right. Um, I've seen the same with virtual reality. Uh, Our company is into tech and, and that kind of thing, but also... We're in we're in the uh, lawn care business and and doing like lawnmowers and things. Yeah. So up at corporate headquarters, they had this cool thing where you could put on VR goggles and you got the little controllers in both hands and you could unscrew these bolts and take off this panel and yeah yeah like do <laughs> I don't know what it would be light disassembly of different vehicles yeah and. I was there with an, another tech from my company and I'm a sales trainer, right? Yeah. So I'm, I don't have to be technically inclined. So I took it all apart and he was worried about putting it all back together. <laughs> and I'm just like throwing things Blowing all over the up. place. Here yeah. we go. Oh, look, I can pull the wheel off. I can pull the hood off. I yeah. can pull this off. And I'm thinking, and they're saying, you know, this will be useful in training and long distance training and how you can, you can have somebody in Australia be looking at the same thing in the same room with you. You guys can get in the same room and spin it around and work on it together. And yeah. he can see what you're talking about and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. And useless. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That was my first reaction. I'm like, I, I get how it could be used for that, but I don't think, Mark Zuckerberg's VR world is anything that people want to live in. Oh, I think it's mostly a joke. Like, and I don't mean in his mind. I mean to everyone else. They're looking at this going like, yeah. You nerds are yeah. all going to actually move into a VR world. <laughs> Great. I don't know. I I think it's interesting though too. I mean, when you relate to things like that, like building, you know, someone could come to me and say, hey, I know how to rebuild an engine. And they would say, well, because I did it virtually. Like, I did it on this, yeah. so I know. It was like, you don't know what it's like when a bolt doesn't fit the way it's supposed to or when a panel isn't lining up the right way. when you the wrong clamp and all of a sudden you have antifreeze everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's, it's not com- comparable to... That thing to, sure didn't leak when I took exactly. it apart. <laughs> it's not comparable to doing a real thing. Yeah. And uh, I, I just think that people, people want, people want authentic experience. They really do. And... That's why things like that resonate with us. That's why things like that shake us and why they're universal. Again, going back to that song, like it is universal. Like there's not a single person that I know who actually listened to the song that I've seen or heard that doesn't go, yeah, he's right. People were even like, well, the job he works at now, he's making plenty of money. And he's like, these are the jobs I was working when I was writing. Yeah. And, and he was making fourteen fifty an hour yeah. and working nine hour days or something. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I yeah. get it. Now he's a, in sales or something and probably making more than that. But yeah. but no, I think everybody's chasing authentic experiences now and they're chasing it through fake means constantly. Right but now. what are the real experiences that you get? I mean, a lot of a lot of relationships have even been synthesized. I I I'm in this relationship for what I can get out right. of it. And it becomes transactional only. It's all transactional. Yeah. And so where do where do your real authentic experiences come from? I obviously I believe the church offers that. Not all churches offer that. No. But I, I think that Jesus offers that. Yes. And for sure. That I mean, otherwise that that's the most real thing ever is I believe the spiritual world is much more real even than our physical world yeah. and what we can experience. So it's it's one of those things. But if taking that part out of it and we're just looking culturally and, and just looking at what we're dealing with, where are people going to go to get their real experiences? Hmm. I mean, food has been oversynthesized. And yeah. that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, where people are going back to old ways of doing some things. Yeah. In certain sectors, but music, 
there's only, I don't know. I mean, there might be a return to some of that in music and art. There's just, there's so few, there's so few artists that are different, that are something new and something different. I mean, you, you got a, you got an iTunes top 40 or whatever, and everybody looks the same. And everybody's using the same beat and the same canned music and the same, like, this is really, in a lot of ways, this is where the, kind of the, the 70s disco era led into the rock revolution of the 80s, you know, the late 70s and early, early 80s. Like, it, it's, it's, you keep producing garbage, eventually somebody's going to come around and do something new. (laughs) And we've had some of those. I mean, I think about, I think about you know, artists like Billie Eilish, for example, who kind of hit the scene and it was something very fresh and very different and very new. But again, she's kind of fallen now into that like mainstay. She's just another one of the girls just. I immediately thought chick, of Lord. You know? <laughs> yes, of course. Thinking of Lord. You can't think of that without thinking of Randy Marsh, of course. <laughs> Randy Marsh. <laughs> My favorite was seeing her reaction to those episodes. I have not seen Oh, it's that. wonderful. She was all about it. She just thought it was the greatest thing ever. Um, but but I don't know. It's 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 very difficult to see artists now that are just like For example, one of the things that that has bothered me as a Michael Jackson fan is the comparison between Taylor Swift and Michael Jackson because of these this this tour essentially. Yeah. And yeah, some would say it's been well no, it's been her last couple tours. Fair enough. But I'm sorry. The way that Taylor is touring and the things that she's using were pioneered by Michael Jackson. If you don't have Michael Jackson, you don't have the Eras tour. He is the revolutionary that everyone is still chasing and trying to catch up with. The man has outsold her entire catalog with one of his albums. (laughs) He still owns the record of winning the most Grammys in a single night. Nobody has even come close to touching it. And so I'm just in this thing where I'm like, we're comparing things now with people who haven't experienced what had been. Or yeah. seen what had been before. And I get it. Like I, I think everything I'm seeing of her tour, I think it would be phenomenal to see. It would be quite a spectacle. I got no issue with that. I don't even have an issue with somebody saying, well, Taylor might be the greatest artist of the current day. I'm okay with that too. Maybe true. But you can't compare to something like that. Somebody that was actually a revolutionary. There's nothing she's doing that's revolutionary. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just nothing. Was she the one that did the light up bracelets thing first? No, I'm pretty sure that where was, they could program all I'm the light sure up that bracelets. Was, I'm pretty sure that was uh, that was Coldplay. Michael Jackson no, or Coldplay. Coldplay. Yeah, I think they did it first. I thought they got it from her, but I don't know. I don't think so. But that was cool at the Coldplay concert. But nobody, nobody they could done turn it. all your bracelets yeah. yellow on yellow. They nobody could make had ever done like the scale stars. that that they did. They perfected for it for Sky Full of Stars. Yeah, yeah. But no, if you watch, I mean. All the crazy like trap doors and smoke and yeah. I mean he would literally Michael would hire um and purchase tricks from David Copperfield to do some of his stage transitions. Yeah. He would he would go to Disney and pay the Imagineers to create things for him to do on his tour. I mean, it was unbelievable stuff. And especially when you look back, like you look at his bad tour from nineteen eighty seven and the lighting that's happening also was like Nobody could afford to do that in 1987. No. Everybody was using canned lights that maybe moved up and down some. And he's using actual movers and lasers well, I mean, like, and like all Led this Zeppelin stuff. Led Zeppelin was working with the Royal Shakespeare Company and stuff to yeah. pull, pull off all kinds of really yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. With pyrotechnics and right. lighting and things like that. Right. But they, they weren't doing anything on the scale nothing, that Michael Jackson Nothing was. like that. And and again, I, I, I always have trouble because no Taylor's never going to be a revolutionary. She is massively popular, <laughs> but there's nothing she's done that's revolutionary. <laughs> nothing that, that other people are going to go to school on and try to catch for the rest of their lives. Other than, I want to be famous like Taylor Swift. Like, that's probably as good as it's going to get. Yeah, she's she's always had a pretty good hand with her costumes and stuff, though. Yeah. With Which her I think apparel, it's funny. Cause like, what, what she's wearing in her music videos and, and what she does. Yeah. Again, I have no criticism of her. I have criticism of people's reaction and response to her. Because I'm like, you don't even know. She works incredibly hard. Yes. I will say that. I think she has has earned everything she has. And I don't begrudge that. Um, 
I do get annoyed with her trying to whine about her previous contracts that she willingly signed and that made her famous and about how unjust and how horrible they are. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't exist without these things. Right. Like, great. Do other things. But come on now. Yeah. You can't complain. But anyway, I, I think that... I don't know. I think the push towards authenticity has been magnified by the lockdowns, by COVID, by all of those things because we were so separated for so long. Right. What's our proper response if we get locked down again? There is no locking down again. None. Yeah. I sent They're Sheldon. Gonna try. I sent Sheldon a, a meme of a thing that I cannot repeat on here, but that basically is exactly how I feel about any attempt yep. to lock us down again. I will not do it. I will not comply. I I was telling Jess, I'm like, I feel like I need to go to a school board meeting again and see if I can get my request through to get my kids uh basically uh what an exemption for mass. Yeah. Like I know it's not a thing right now, but yeah. I couldn't get one last time. Yeah. And I work pretty hard at it. Yeah. And I, I'd I, like to I'd like to try and get one just in case and have that in my back pocket. But I said yeah. <laughs> my main thing is we do not consent, we will not comply. No. <laughs> no, and I, I refuse. Like fool, that's fool just, me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. <laughs> the benefit of the doubt only goes so yeah. long. And mine is all done. <laughs> mine is all done. Yeah. But did you see they're going the CDC was out there saying that you shouldn't wear just these these face masks that people are wearing for all the smoke in Hawaii you shouldn't be doing that and somebody showed the size of a smoke particle versus a covid particle mm-hmm. the smoke particle looks planetary compared to a covid particle and they're out there saying yeah these cloth masks are not good for smoke you shouldn't be wearing them for smoke and I'm like, <laughs> what the heck were we doing? Uh, you know, don't worry. Your Paw Patrol face mask protected you from COVID. It was all good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know that that's going to be as much as what people think it is because I, I, I think it's a can we, what can we do? And honestly, I just don't think you're going to get away with it again. I don't think people yeah. are there. I think there are select people that are there, maybe some cities that you'll get that in, but Man. Yeah, I don't want to make anybody mad. If you need to feel like you wear you wear it for you or you're like, hey, I feel sick and I wanna, you know, I, I I don't I wanna do this out of courtesy for people, and that's a choice you make, great. I'm saying about choices the government makes, makes for, for me. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. But Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't really care what people want to do. You wear you wear whatever you want. I'm all good with that. <laughs> Just put clothes on when you go outside, and I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm that's. A, I know yeah. I've I've been hearing some people talk about that, and obviously I've seen some some of what's going on. You know, like Rutgers, right. you know, sending home students that aren't vaccinated and all this stuff. And yeah, I think there just comes a point where you're like, well, guess we're enrolling in a different school. <laughs> you know, that so what? Let them let them go. Let them go do their thing. <laughs> so what? It's all very confusing. Good lord, that that <laughs> took a turn that I didn't expect. But I'm actually curious about that. At the end of this whole deal, I have uh, at the end of September, I have tickets to a show, and I keep wondering, like, are they going to suddenly be like, oh, by the way, now you have to show your Vax card, even though you've already paid. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. nope I didn't nope. think I was going to have to show mine, but then traveling over to Philippines, Malaysia, Singapore, there was once or twice that I did, I did have to show it. Yeah, but I don't remember what those were for. I think it was, I think it was to get into the. Philippines, maybe. Trying to remember. Yeah, but I'm basically like at this point, I'm like, oh, I don't care if I travel overseas at all. I'm fine. I don't need to fly anywhere anymore. I can drive. Oh, they don't require it anywhere in Europe. I took it along to Europe, and it did not matter. Yeah. And the fact that we've been able to do that for about two years, good luck trying it again. But that's the thing that's crazy. And anyway, it was just a piece of white paper that somebody at Rite Aid wrote on. The craziest (laughs) thing was I was I saw a, a clip of this where they're talking about the newest variant and all this stuff. And like, oh, this summer where people finally left COVID behind. I'm like, some of you this summer was the first time that you left COVID behind? Like, where are these people? Like, what what happened? Because we've been out of this for a long time. Like, this, <laughs> what happened that you, that you just now this summer was your first summer of attempting freedom? And those are the people that I'm like, I'm scared for you. Because if they go back on this now and that's what you were doing, like you're gonna you're gonna fully lean in and be like, Yep, yep, we gotta do this thing again. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just no. 
I mean, you can do it if it makes you feel better. I don't care what you do in your house, but <laughs> I'm a little worried. Yeah. Concerned. I'm a little concerned We're for concerned you. Not, for not you. worried. I'm I'm concerned. <laughs> and what that might be doing to you. But yeah. Yeah. Well, we know one thing. We won't well, we see Taylor Swift being blamed as a super spreader for <laughs> whatever comes up. Jeez. Uh, those were good times. Oh, I, I was going to use this as a did you know. Uh, did you know that there were more uh, what, what, more um, first responders or police officers hurt in the riot at the White House? Than there was during January 6th. Yes. And yes, there was a riot at the White House, for those of you who have forgotten. And the riot at the White House was when uh, Trump was still president. They had a a part, like some sort of party or something where there was a bunch of conservatives that were, or Republicans in general, because Rand Paul's wife got hit with something or something like that, that there was a crowd that was pressing around them and they were trying to go between the building they were in and the white house. Yeah. Something like that. And the Capitol police, which were formed in order to protect the president (laughs) said that they could not help that the secret service were the ones that were supposed to do that. And the Capitol police stood down because the Capitol police Operate at the behest of the mayor, and there were secret service. Yeah, there were secret service agents basically fighting for their lives and for the lives of the people they were protecting against a crowd that ended up burning a church mm-hmm. and not burning it to the ground, but doing significant damage, and would have probably set fire to a lot of other things had yeah. they had they not been fought back, pushed back, and there was there was definitely more officers hurt there than in January 6th, and yet nobody remembers that at all. That's very interesting um, how history is remembered. Now, clearly, you know, history is what it is, and it's written by the people that win. So This is the thing that I find difficult, though. I mean, when you, when you, when you look at things like this and you make comparisons to things like 1984, and I'm like, the playbook is literally right there. You can literally, and and we're falling for all of this crap (laughs) as a society, and I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I do not, like, (laughs) and again, even in media, like, all of our dystopian futures with the evil government or evil corporations, but I'm like, and yet, (laughs) here you are thinking they're the benevolent ones who are going to save us and tell us the truth all the time. The rich men north of Richmond really do have our best in mind. <laughs> and that is what it ultimately comes down to when I when I heard that song. And I watched and actually somebody recently called me cynical from my view of this. I don't think it's cynical. I think it's very realistic. But it, it's exactly what you're talking about. It's both the people in power politically and the big corporations that are in their back pocket together. Right. They want control and that's right. what he said. They want to control what you do and they want to know where you go and all right. of that. And the problem is is that we have this we have one side who thinks that capitalism is the coming of the kingdom of God and the other one who thinks it's evil. And the people who think it's evil, what you don't realize is it's the unholy alliance between government and corporations that you have a problem with. And it's not the free market. Corporations don't even exist without the government. The word doesn't exist. No. No. So again, They're incorporated I incorporated for tax purposes. I look at a song like this and you I look were saying at what somebody this is. was telling you you were cynical oh for yeah you. because because i've i look at this song and i'm like as i said before like you are you guys are stoking all of these fires on the left and the right to keep us fighting about things that don't matter all the while you're using smoke and mirrors and bait and switching and doing all these horrible things that we're not actually like i'm sorry nobody likes joe biden <laughs> nobody likes joe biden at best you held your nose and you voted for the man Maybe you hated Trump more than you didn't like Joe Biden. That's fine with me. But to continue to put these establishment people who have made their money off of the backs of the American taxpayer with nothing to show for it and contributing nothing to society other than making sure that there are more black men in jail than ever before in Biden's case, I we're completely I, missing I believe, the narrative because we don't agree. We I believe that people genuinely liked Barack Obama. Yes. So yes, I, all I, that to be said. I agree with that. I just I don't see that. the likableness for, for Joe. 
But yeah. No, because again, he was he was an unknown. People liked Barack Obama for the same reasons that they liked Donald Trump. He was a maverick, outsider, this, that, and the other. And when they both got into power, they did not do any of the things that we really thought they were going to do, by and large. They ended up becoming creatures of the swamp rather than a fighter <laughs> a fighter of the swamp. Yes, and that's my favorite thing about Trump running again, about trying to drain the swamp. It's like, yeah, it's still kind of full from your last time, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> <sighs> but I, I think, Another that, rich man, I think that's, rich man. that's the thing that I look at. Is like you, I think they know. I think the people in power know that if they can keep us squabbling over all these little crumb things that don't actually matter, yeah, they can just continue to do what they're going to do. And I think they hold on to power now. You know, your your Diane Feinstein's or your uh, you know what's the turtle guy that I can't think of uh, Mitch, Mitch McConnell, McConnell uh, or your your I know right turtle you knew <laughs> we exactly all know what I was talking. we all know but it's, it's like the now, way his head protrudes but now from they're his neck. they're holding on to power as if they're having some effect and it's, no it's not because they have an effect it's because they want to be able to live out their days without their stuff getting caught and aired out and as long as they stay in power they can keep everything hidden and keep everything buried Biden's doing the same thing it's it's just I'm very confused by some of these older people holding on to power though. That's what it is. Yeah, I realize you don't want to be put to shame, but it's how not long shame. You, how long are you going to live to spend all the money that you're trying to make off of all of this? They want to die while they're still comfortable. That's what they want. They don't want to die in prison. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Like if they keep their power, if they ca- stay adjacent to power, then they can help manipulate the system and keep the things from coming out and keep from paying the consequences that they should be paying for doing the things that they've been doing. And it's on both sides. I'm sorry, I don't care They're if it's an the R. Long, playing the long game yeah. and have been for I don't a while. care if it's an R or a D. Dianne Feinstein and Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell are all sides of the same coin. They are not distinct from each other at all. Those are the uniparty people. And those are the people that we should have a problem with. Yeah. And I think they are. I think they've they've perfected keeping us nipping at each other's heels for no reason. When in all reality, we shouldn't be fighting each other. We should be fighting them. Right. And they're the ones we actually have an issue with. <laughs> and yet we still elect them because and they tell us how the other the other scary faction is going to do this and do that and do the other. And it's not going to happen. Never does. And yet here we fight. Instead yeah. of uniting against the common enemy we actually have. And in line with that song, have you seen the latest, their latest ask for funding in the Ukraine? No. If that latest ask, just the latest ask, was distributed to everyone in the fire zone in Hawaii, it's like they, they all get half a million dollars or more. Yeah. And yeah. the government's not giving that to people in Hawaii. Right. And that's also the thing. Like, I, I Every person in there is getting paid right. if you well, just and that's, reallocate the funds. That's also the issue. Oh, that sorry, I, you, you, Zelensky. Be on your own for about two months. We got Hawaii, a whole entire state, to take care of. I know. And that's that's uh, where our American tax dollars because are Because it's going not about that. The people that are in power, it's not about America. It's about the right. global agenda. It's about being the elites over the globe. That's what it's about. Yeah. Well, there you go. Man, this has been a very good rant. That's what happens when we don't get together for a long time. And when we go in without a plan. We did, yes. <laughs> we knew the song was going to be a topic. But, again, if you haven't heard that song, I don't care what you think of it. Go listen to it first. Yeah. Whatever your opinion is before hearing it, go listen to it first. Those of you that are sensitive to cuss words, just want to let you know there will be some. You know what? Watch it anyway. <laughs> we we need to have ourselves offended a little while every every, every once and again. It those of you honestly, that haven't heard cuss words, if you're still virgin ears, yeah, it will. You would not want to read your original translation of the Bible <laughs> if that were the case. That's true. <sighs> there are things that Paul says that if it was translated properly. You would not be happy about. <laughs> yes, when he tells people to go ahead and chop their parts off, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the least offensive of some of his things. Yes, but like, yeah, just, just, yeah, yeah. You think your righteousness is by circumcision? I wish you would go the whole way and cut it all off. Is basically what he said. Yep. <laughs> oh man, fantastic. Anyway. A true legend. Yes. The Apostle Paul. Yes, he is. (laughs) And a savage (laughs) in all the ways. Oh, man. Well, 
I guess this we is... also did a whole podcast on cursing and swearing, and all of our old podcasts are available now, so yes. you can go all the way Which back I've been into listening, the archives. I've been listening back through them, and I'm like, man, I'm just now listening to the debate we had about Colin Kaepernick yes. specifically, and I'm like, this would be an interesting revisit now, all these years later, to see what because that was from like twenty. Kaepernick. That was from 2018. Yeah, I still like Kaepernick, and a lot of water has gone under the bridge since then. I still haven't ways. thrown away the jersey. I'm fine with that. Still have it. I still have a LeBron James jersey somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Oh, man. All right. Well, I've said my piece. I'm good. There we go. If you want to go back and review any of those old episodes, you certainly can. Just give us however many stars you think is appropriate on on the iTunes app. You can email us the things we say at mail.com, facebook.com slash the things we say podcast or Instagram or Twitter is at TTWS Podcast. Nate will probably be the one responding to you on those. Yes. If he has anything turned on his phone for the next yeah, little while. Yeah, I'll do while. some of that. I'll All do right. some of that. I'm just trying to not do any work-related things. That's what I'm trying to do. But yeah, it'll be it'll be a good time. I'm looking oh. forward to it. But I'll be out the next couple of weeks because I'm, I'm doing a little vacation stuff too. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, we'll, uh, we'll remain at it even in the midst of all of this. We'll get back when we can. Yes. All right. See you guys. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.